Blog Talk Radio. And welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Jets podcast preview show on 247sports.com. The New York Jets getting ready to finish up the home portion of the schedule as they're going to host maybe Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. Along with Rick Lockland, I'm Daniel Foyerstein. Rick, you know, as we're winding down the 2018 season, we all know it's another lost year for the Jets. No playoffs in their future for 2018. But what we can say, though, is this. I think we can definitely say that there are some players that have done a great job developing into NFL superstars. It's not just Sam Darnold. It's not just Robbie Anderson. It's people like Chris Herndon. It's people like Jamal Adams. And, of course, uh, those types of deals that you bring in a free agent like Henry Anderson, who's been amazing at the front seven on the defensive side of the football. And don't forget the two specials team standouts and place kicker Jason Myers, as well as Andre Roberts, the return man, both qualifying for the Pro Bowl. So the Jets do have, in what has been really a lost season, you alluded to it, they have some bright spots and some reason for optimism for fans because you have three Pro Bowlers on this team, the two special teamers I just mentioned, Jamal Adams, and Jamal Adams basically vowed last year after he didn't make the Pro Bowl that he was absolutely going to make it this year, and he fulfilled that promise. So I think from an individual standpoint, he lived up to his own personal goals while the team has been struggling. But nonetheless, I think the Jets have some promising pieces they can build around. They have that centerpiece in Sam Darnold at the quarterback position, which is an all-important position the Jets have known for how many years, struggling to find that guy, trying to plug in veterans. Uh, Sometimes it works, most times it doesn't. And this time they have a guy they can groom for the next 10-plus years. So this is a a painful season. Jet fans are not going to be happy with the record where the team is at. But at the same time, you know, there's a lot of reason for optimism. And this is really just the start of the Sam Darnold era in New York. It really is. And how is it that you have the king of New York sports talk radio, Mike Francesa, already predicting that Sam Darnold and the Jets are going to take over this town uh, that the Giants are so far behind that, you know, he could win a Super Bowl before the Giants ever find their new franchise quarterback, once Eli Manning calls it a career. Before we even start previewing this game against Green Bay, you know, the big, big talk in the offseason or leading towards the offseason, Rick, is possibly acquiring a free agent running back and former Pittsburgh Steeler, shall we say, um, maybe embarrassed, embarrassing leaving Pittsburgh uh, because of a money situation, uh, is Le'Veon Bell. Uh, Of course, everyone is already claiming or assuming that the New York Jets are going to be the favorites to pick him up and take him over uh, to MetLife Stadium wearing green and white. Now, let me just say this. Um, Obviously, a player like that would be fantastic to have on this New York Jets team. Uh, There's no doubt about Le'Veon Bell being uh, one of the best running weapons in the National Football League. But as always, Rick, and I think we can both agree, while it's great to have him, um, the offensive line really needs to be fixed. I think the offensive line 
is the first thing to take care of. And then once it's being taken care of, either through free agency and, of course, through the draft, then you find a way to go after Le'Veon Bell. I'm not going to say that running backs are a dime a dozen in the NFL, but you alluded to it. I mean, a running back is only as good as his offensive line. We saw what James Conner did with that Steelers offensive line when Le'Veon Bell was out. And, of course, Conner's been sidelined the past few weeks. But there's clearly talent on that Steelers offensive line. Le'Veon Bell is an exceptional guy. He's done a fantastic job of, of making a name for himself in the NFL. But it's clear that this is the ultimate team sport. And when you have an offensive line that creates running lanes the way the Steelers front does, that's going to make any running back look good. So as far as Le'Veon Bell and the Jets being the front runner for his services, I'm in agreement, Daniel. I really think the Jets are going to be strongly in the mix for him. I could see another team, frankly, being the Kansas City Chiefs, of course, with the Kareem Hunt incident that happened, uh, ugly off the field, probably going to be suspended for at least the first eight games of the year, I would suspect, if not more, next season. I think the Jets, frankly, maybe even take a flyer on Kareem Hunt, but I think their top plan, Mike McCagney, is going to try to make a splash this offseason. He could very well be managing for his job. I think he's going to make a play for Le'Veon Bell. And I said it, you know, this is a guy that was a malcontent in the locker room. He got into uh, arguments and debates with the offensive linemen and the defensive linemen. They basically at one point said they didn't, they wouldn't even welcome him back after his holdout that lasted now the entire season. I would argue he he cost the Steelers a chance at a first-round bye in a year that the Patriots look vulnerable, in a year that the Kansas City Chiefs missing Kareem Hunt. Andy Reid doesn't have a track record for winning big playoff games. This was as open a field in the AFC for the Steelers to make a deep run and potentially be in Atlanta for the Super Bowl. And Le'Veon Bell, for his own selfish reasons, because he wanted to hold out and get his big contract, I would be reluctant if I were the Jets to be that team that just basically opens up the playbook and allows him to name a price to sign him. The price has to be right. The contract years have to be right because this is a player that has shown he's putting himself in front of the team and he's only a couple years away from 30. So you know if whoever it is, the Jets, the Chiefs, whoever signs him up, ends up signing him, they're going to pay on the back end of that deal. So I think Mike McCagnin, look, can he explore the possibility of signing him? Of course, but they have to be smart about how they approach this because there are a lot of red flags, at least in my book, for Le'Veon Bell. And let me just say this, though, Rick, and, and you know, I want to give credit to a former Steeler who's currently with the Jet right, Jets right now and Steve McClendon, you know, you know, he played with Le'Veon Bell. Obviously, McClendon's on defense and Bell's on offense, but – you know, once again, you know, he gave Le'Veon Bell high praise. Uh, and he says that, you know, this guy would be the best thing that the Jets could ever have if they signed him. And, you know, once again, uh, we found out, uh, I just recently found out he lowered his asking price on the guaranteed money end of his, at the contract that he wants. And I think that's a good thing. But still, though, how much of a, uh, discount has he given that's the, going to be the big question mark isn't it so we'll have to wait and see what happens once we get into the off season officially free agents frenzy comes in and at the same time black monday to see who's going to get uh fired and who's going to remain with their teams depending on what goes on but once again you know Le'Veon bell a hell of a uh of an offensive player a big weapon for any team that wants to, uh, you know, 
add him to their offense, you know, but we'll see what happens. But let's get into this game, Rick. And it sounds like on the quarterback front for the Green Bay Packers that Aaron Rodgers, the injury that he's having, it sounds like he is ready to go. It sounds like he's going to be starting uh, this coming Sunday against the Jets at MetLife Stadium. And one more final point about Le'Veon Bell. Look, I, I allude this to, I compare this to building a house. If you have cracks in a foundation, you don't go ahead and build a gold walkway instead of fixing the foundation. And that has to be the same approach the Jets have to take. You have a broken foundation, that being the offensive line. And, yeah, can you sign one of the elite running backs in the league? Absolutely. They have the cap room. They have the means to do it. But until you fix the foundation, that house is not going to be in order, and the offensive line is not going to be in order. So you're really throwing money at a lost cause until you solidify that offensive line. So that's where I stand on Le'Veon Bell. As, as far as the Aaron Rodgers playing scenario, you know, it's interesting because I was watching, and I'm not much of a better, if anything, myself, but I watched the line on this Jets game, and it went from the Packers at uh, minus three to the Jets at minus two. It was one of the most, they said, one of the biggest swings, and a lot of the betters and Vegas attributed to the fact that they thought and they suspected that Aaron Rodgers would not play in this game. And I think that that's why a lot of the money moved in that direction. That's why the Jets, oddly enough, were favored uh, at the start of this week. Jerry, uh, Joe Philbin, the interim head coach filling in for Mike McCarthy, he re- was reluctant. He did not divulge who the starting quarterback would be, so there's a lot of speculation there. Rodgers would play, he wouldn't play. The bottom line is he is going to play in this game. The Jets and the betters have now moved uh, a lot of their money back over to the Packers, and rightfully so. You know, we're going to reveal some of our picks on 247 Sports on the Jets page later on today, but I'll give you a little teaser. I I had, you know what, my heart said the Jets. I had a sneaky feeling they were going to play well in this game. I had a sneaky feeling this was a classic Jet game that all the fans want them to lose. They want them to get a higher draft pick, and I just had a funny feeling the Jets are going to pull off this game. The only two things that held me back was Todd Bowles and probably some boneheaded coaching decisions he's going to make down the stretch, and as well as uh, Aaron Rodgers. He's great late in games. He is fantastic as far as uh, making teams pay inside the last two minutes, and I just feel like if uh, the Packers have the ball last, just like Deshaun Watson did inside of five minutes against the Jets last week, if Deshaun Jackson – if Deshaun Watson and Aaron Rodgers, if they have an opportunity to beat their opponent, they will do that. And I just don't think Todd Bowles has enough in the arsenal as far as the play calling is concerned to hold him out of the end zone. And I ultimately think this is going to be a close contest. But I think in the end, Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers, they're going to prevail, and they will knock off the Jets at MetLife Stadium. And you know what? Like we've already said, this has already been a lost season. We we know that Aaron Rodgers is playing for pride as well. Uh, I think the Packers still have an opportunity. Maybe it's a slim chance for them to make a playoff, make the playoffs if possible. Uh, record-wise, it's going to be interesting to see uh, what they are able to do uh, going forward here, depending on uh, – I don't know which divisional opponent they're facing in their final game of the regular season – but still, you know, this is something where we, you know, you can't take for granted. You can't take for granted, and we'll have to wait and see what the situation is going to be. So at the moment, it looks like the Packers are not even in, uh, you know, striking distance right now 
to, you know, dent the playoff picture uh, because at the moment you've got already uh, the Saints, the Rams, the Seahawks, the Vikings, and with the wild cards going to both the uh, Chicago Bears and the Dallas Cowboys, uh, will or actually not the Cowboys, I should say, but um, at least the Cowboys will be winning the, the East, uh, Saints winning the South, Rams winning the West. The like I think the Bears are winning the um, the uh, North. So right now the Vikings are at seven six and one, and the Seahawks are uh, also in the wild card round. So at the moment, it, it's going to be interesting to see what's going to happen. At the moment, tiebreaker procedures are in the hunt. Packers are nowhere near the hunt. So as of right now, the Packers. Are, well, they are eliminated, I should say. So they're five eight and one. So basically, for them, they're just playing the string. And I guess Aaron Rodgers doesn't want to sit and take a break. He just wants to finish up the season, and he wants to take on the Jets. Yeah, look, Aaron Rodgers is a proud player. I think he wants to prove that this team can be successful without Mike McCarthy. I think there were a lot of bitter feelings about how things ended in Green Bay. And ultimately, you know, he's the ultimate competitor. He doesn't want to end up like a – and Eli Manning, who had two tremendous years, Super Bowl MVP, and then has some sub-500 years after Tom Coughlin, even during the end of Tom Coughlin's tenure. So I think Aaron Rodgers is on a mission now to prove that he is not simply a product of Mike McCarthy's system, that truly he is an elite quarterback and he's going to be a perennial playoff type of player. So ultimately, again, you know, this is a game that I fully expect – the Jets to play well. I think they're going to be in it right into the end. I really think that ultimately it's going to be the coaching decisions of Todd Bowles that's going to cost them dearly. But for me, you know, the silver lining is the fact that you have Sam Darnold playing really close to an elite level, at least last week he did. And if he continues on that upward trend, I mean, boy, oh boy, Jet fans are just going to be elated at the prospect of having this guy as their quarterback for the next 10 plus years. So Bigger picture, Jet fans can't get too lost in this season and too upset because this is ultimately uh, an enviable quarterback situation they have. You know, the one thing that we have to talk about here, and and sadly, uh, you know, I still think he's a major part of the defense. And this is coming from Jetswire in USA Today. Uh, The defensive lineman coach uh, for the Jets uh, is not happy about Leonard Williams' production, uh, feeling like he has been regressing. He hasn't gotten um, a sack this, or hasn't had a lot of sacks this year. And I don't know if Robert Nunn, uh, you know, you can tell he's frustrated because he told Rich Samini from ESPN New York, I wish I had the answers, I really do. It's one of the most frustrating things of my coaching career, not having more sacks for him the last two years. You know, I, I still feel like I'm not going to give up on Leonard Williams because I still believe he has the ability to get the sacks. I mean, yes, it's been mostly Henry Anderson. It's been coming from Jamal Adams. It's been coming from other players from the front seven. But when you send away Muhammad Wilkerson and Sheldon Richardson – uh, you know, you're expecting Leonard Williams to carry the load, and at the moment, the load is holding him back. And we might have just lost uh, Rick Rockland there there's, for a there's moment. A, oh, there no, is. there's no question. I mean, yeah, I'm here. So, look, 
this is again, this is a Jets team that I thought sacking Deshaun Watson six times last week. I mean, that was a tremendous feat. And I really thought if the Jets, it started in Buffalo when they took the challenge upon themselves to win the battle in the trenches on the offensive side of the ball, win the battle in the trenches on the defensive side of the ball. The Jets, it starts and ends with their offensive and defensive line. If they can control the line of scrimmage, the Jets get a semblance of running game on the offensive side of the ball. They can at least get a finger or two on the quarterback on the defensive side of the ball. I think Sam Darnold can make enough plays, has enough magic in that arm and in his legs to keep the Jets at least uh, within striking distance in this game. And this is a Green Bay Packers team that, look, the Packers defense – Aside from Clay Matthews and even over the years with A.J. Hawk at the linebacker position, it's always been the Achilles heel of these defenses and uh, of these teams, I should say. And it's always been a Mike McCarthy, Aaron Rodgers show, whether it was uh, Jordy Nelson during his time there, Randall Cobb currently, even Jimmy Graham at the tight end position. I mean, he has been one of the – you look at his numbers. I mean, he has 500-plus receiving yards, only two touchdowns in the season. He has been one of the biggest disappointments – of the entire NFL season. I mean, when it was announced during free agency that he signed on with the Packers, you thought that was going to be a game-changing move, a move that you could make the argument before the season that the Packers should be one of the teams that would be favored in the NFC. And look how far the mighty have fallen. I mean, obviously the wheels came off the wagon for Mark McCarthy and company. And I know, look, I know Michael Cohen feels this way. I don't know how you feel, Daniel, but I really think that Mike McCarthy is a solid NFL coach. He would really be a proven leader and, frankly, should be on the Jets' radar. He should be part of the equation and one of the guys the Jets are evaluating to hire after the season once they part ways from Todd Bowles. And I really feel like Aaron Rodgers was really part of the problem. You know, he's not the most coachable guy. He's had some issues even with his own personal family, not talking to his brother and other members of the family. So, Mike McCarthy had his hands full dealing with almost a diva-type quarterback in Aaron Rodgers that really didn't want to accept any blame. And now that he's gone and Rodgers is the lone holdover, he's the only one that uh, will will deserve some of the blame because now you have a coaching change. So we'll see what happens. But ultimately, again, this is a game for the Jets that it's there for the taking. You have a Green Bay team that I think Aaron Rodgers is trying to send the message to his team that it's not time to check out yet. There's still some season left. They're playing for pride at this point. But ultimately, uh, you know, I don't expect this Packer team to go the extra mile and to be playing the best uh, football of the season, especially with the playoffs out of sight and them uh, being eliminated from playoff contention. Here's my thoughts about Mike McCarthy. I'm not questioning his uh, prowess. I'm not questioning his ability to coach an NFL team. I think he would be an excellent choice for any NFL team to hire and to give their quarterback the opportunity to win a football game, to give the right game plan. He's a little bit more offensive than a defensive coach. We all know that. He's not a coordinator. He's been in this business for a good long time. So I don't have a problem with him being the head coach of the New York Jets if they do go with him. My only issue is simply, you know as well as I do, Rick, you need to have the mentality and you need to have – the personality to fit and handle the New York media when it comes to the NFL. Uh, Herm Edwards did that job brilliantly. Rex Ryan did that job brilliantly until his last year uh, coaching the Jets, or shall we say, when uh, Mark Sanchez got taken out 
uh, in the giant preseason game in week three in the third quarter with uh, basically the twos and the threes, and you have forced Geno Smith to make his NFL debut. Um, you know, outside of that, you need to know and you need to be savvy on how to handle the New York football media. And at the same time, how to handle the New York fan base. Because, look, and I'm not saying the Green Bay Packer fans are, you know, any less uh, active and hungry or anything like that. But you know as well as I do, you don't know when the powder keg is going to explode and it's going to come out of left field. You don't know when a certain question is going to come at you and then all of a sudden, you know, it could be more than, you know, one questionable answer that you could give and then all of a sudden it's going to blow up right in your face if you don't handle it the proper way. What is the proper way? Simple. Just give straight answers and then everyone will understand. But, you know, Mike McCarthy, like I said, I don't doubt his coaching ability, but does he fit? In New York, that's the big question mark, and that's the one question mark that's going to be answered if and only if he gets hired by the New York Jets. So we'll have to wait and see, once again, uh, when that process is going to start, how it's going to start, maybe, who knows, uh, maybe it's Jim Harbaugh, maybe he'll leave University of Michigan, maybe it's John Harbaugh, maybe... Uh, you know, maybe if they do make the playoffs, it doesn't keep it, it doesn't help him keep his job if he loses somewhere in the middle. Maybe it's Mike Tomlin. Maybe he might be gone from Pittsburgh. You never know. Uh, stranger things have happened. But you know, like I've said, I, I I don't mind McCarthy. I only question if he is a true fit mentally to be in New York to coach the Jets or coach the Giants. We're going to have to wait and see when that happens. Um, you know, yeah, I, go ahead. No, I was just going to weigh in. I, you know, I'm, I'm going to agree with you, Daniel. I mean, I think that Mike McCarthy, that is going to be a major culture shock for him. I mean, in Green Bay, the media coverage there, maybe you have three to four newspaper reporters that are beat reporters that are there every day. In the New York market, you know this, Daniel. I know this going to the Jets or Giants facility, there could be anywhere between 30 and 40 beat reporters, cameramen, television personalities. I mean, it is a nonstop 24-hour news cycle, and it just wears coaches down. I mean, you see, even with Todd Bowles, a guy that had coaching experience in Arizona, is obviously playing career in Washington. I don't feel like he handles the media all that well either. You can tell he almost has a different personality in front of reporters than he does with the players that, you know, he – Essentially, they do some of those Jets post-game live shows where you see him on the Jets uh, page getting streamed live after the game, and it looks like he can't get out of that press room quick enough. So, again, you know, in the end, if Mike McCarthy is a guy that can adapt, that they can put the right pieces around him, and winning cures all. This Jet team gets off to a great start. They're 3-0. They're even 3-1. that's going to take a lot of heat off a first-year coach. And so we'll wait and see. But in the end, when they make a new coaching hiring, you know, they're, they're not going to be just grading how he's handling the media and is he presenting himself well. At this point, Jet fans are growing restless. They haven't been in the playoffs since 2010. It has to be results-driven. It's all about winning football games. And if Mike McCarthy can come in here, grin and bear the, the pressure cooker that is the New York media, and at least handle that reasonably well and win, and win football games, 
I think most Jet fans would be on board for that and would have, uh, you know, 100% vote of confidence in him to be the head coach. You know, this reminds me of the time when Randy Johnson came to uh, pitch for the New York Yankees. They signed him as a free agent, and the first time uh, a news camera was at him walking to uh, the doctor's appointment for the physical, what did Randy Johnson do? He didn't answer any questions. He looked at the camera. He took his right hand and covered the lens. Didn't even ask. Didn't even answer a question. Didn't say hello. Didn't do anything good. He just quickly said, "Nope, get out of my face." And that was the first negative thing he did. And while even though he apologized, you can tell for Randy Johnson that he didn't feel comfortable being in New York. You can tell that he was not comfortable. And even though he did his job and everything else, when you are coming to a city where it's sports-driven mad, no matter what sport it is, and you are going to act like that on your first day in New York, and you play that silly game, there everyone's going to have a field day, and everybody already knows you can't handle the city, and you can't handle the media, and you can't handle the fans. So that's why I think Mike McCarthy, he's going to have to sit down. He might have to call uh, some people. He might have to inquire about how does he handle these things. What should he do? What does he have to do? How should he uh, you know, act, and, and how should he approach certain things? Because if he's going to do that, and then he takes, you know, it's okay. You can take a breath. You can just, you know, take it easy, take a breath, and then give us your answer. Everything will be just fine. And if I recall correctly, I thought Randy Johnson actually roughed up the cameraman and broke the camera in the process. Isn't that right? He might have, because the only thing we saw on that film footage was uh, a big hand swallowing up the lens, and then, whoop, that's (laughs) the end of that. (laughs) But we'll, well, we'll have to I, I wait and tell see. You, I can just tell you firsthand of being some of these – I've had the urge to rough up some of these camera guys, pitting you in the head with boom mics and putting the camera in your face when you don't want it. So whoever the next head coach of the Jets is, whether it's, dare I say, Rex Ryan, Mike McCarthy, you want to look to the, the college ranks, uh, you know, I, I'm not going to – like I said, I want the best candidate for the job. I want a guy with some experience. You know, it seems like the Jets are going to go one extreme or the other. They're going to go in the vein of Sean McVay, a young up-and-coming guy with a fresh perspective, or they're going to go with a a Mike McCarthy type with a proven track record, has won a Super Bowl, knows what it takes to get to and and win a big game. So that's going to be the interesting dynamic for me to watch this offseason. And it'll be interesting what goes into Mike McCagney's thinking because, you know, his future is not guaranteed. Is he going to want – the instant results and to go with a proven winner to groom Sam Darnold, or is he going to be patient enough where if the Jets go eight and eight next year and they show improvement and Darnold develops and they have a young coach that's developing into his job, does Mike McCagnan have enough uh, trust in his future in the team that the team's going to allow him to uh, not have another winning season and stick around? So that has to be something that has to be settled between ownership and the front office. But ultimately, again, I want – I don't want a coach for a year or two. I don't want a guy that's going to stay for a year and uh, want out or want to retire. I I want a guy that's going to be with Darnold, be able to develop him, and maybe if you go the the route of a Mike McCarthy, 
you, you have a succession plan where he hires an offensive corner that's the same kind of type like a Sean McVay that hopefully can succeed him and uh, be the next coach of uh, the Jets team when he decides to hang things up. There's going to be a lot of it. Yeah, I agree with you, Rick, and we'll see. We'll have to wait and see uh, when I we get over there. And six or seven years, I feel like hmm? six or seven years are going to look back and say this was the point when the Jets turned things around and went from the laughing stock to the tenders. Well, here's the thing. You know, Sam Darnold is now showing everyone why he was the first-round pick of the New York Jets, why uh, the New York Jets wanted him. I mean, obviously many thought he would go to Cleveland, but no, they went with Baker Mayfield, and, you know, the Jets got their quarterback. He's not a project. He has the ability to go out there and make plays, and that's all you want. That's all you need from him. And let me say this about Sam Darnold as well. Look how, you know, Noah Nunwa, who he was starting to become, you know, his favorite target, um, you know, no uh, Jermaine Curse, apparently Curse, um, apparently they have not. Uh, had that uh, uh, chemistry going. But look at Robbie Anderson. Look at the chemistry that Robbie Anderson now has with Sam Darnold. Two straight games, a touchdown, and several fantastic catches and grabs to keep drives alive. You are seeing Sam Darnold with Robbie Anderson. Both are on the same page, and right now it's working perfectly. Yeah, there's no question. Again, it can't be between the wins and losses. It has to be the development of the quarterback, his weapons around him emerging, and that's the case of Robbie Anderson. It's the case with Chris Herndon, and we'll have to wait and see because Quincy and Newton was not going to play in this game. I think they're ultimately going to shut him down and wait until next year and try to get him 100% healthy for him to sign that contract extension and be part of the puzzle moving forward. Absolutely. Well, ladies and gentlemen, this will do it for the Jets podcast preview show on 247sports.com. The New York Jets hosting the Green Bay Packers live at MetLife Stadium, 1 o'clock Eastern on Channel 5, Fox, WNYW, as we get ready for this Week 16 matchup. For Rick Lachlan, I'm Daniel Feuerstein. This This has been the Jets podcast preview show on 247sports.com through blogtalkradio.com. We will talk to you on Monday afternoon. So long, take care, and bye-bye for now.